Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? I'm at Stillwell, located in Burnsville, Minnesota. I don't know why my voice drops a little bit when I say the name of this company. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the badass logo logo that you have on there. What is that thing on the top there above your logo? That's me. <laughs> I love it. That's a liger. A, a liger. Tiger. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I like it still well. So with me today is the president of the company, Drew Stillwell, the founder, the mastermind behind all this. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing great. Good. And to his right is Taylor. Man, I'm going I'm to screw it up. I don't even want to try. Uh, Madrinich. Madrinich. All right. How you doing, Taylor? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. He is the director of operations and co-hosting with me again today is the lovely Melanie LaRue. How you doing, Melanie? I am awesome. How are you, Jason? Good, good. I'm especially good because I'm sitting here with some fellow patriots, some fellow Republicans. Ooh. Ooh. I know you love scary, that. Scary, scary. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we went on a tour, right? And I get excited. I get excited when I see and feel excitement in a company, Right. Like when I take this tour and, I, and Drew's telling me about a little bit of what's going on and where they started and all this new equipment showing, showing up and the effect of COVID had on the business, which was actually positive and they're kicking ass more than ever. They got the tiger by the tail and they are about to take off on this rocket ship. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. I think it's a rocket ship that's ready to roll. It's been built. It's been planned. Everything is ready to rock, and it's about to take off. Yeah. And, I mean, you guys are already kicking some serious ass, in my opinion, you know. But you guys are positioned now to take it to the next level. And But beware. My famous saying is, there's a devil at every level. So uh, things are looking good, man. But uh, so keep your head down and keep those blinders on and keep plugging away, Drew, because th- this thing is about to kick some serious ass. So, Drew, real quick, though, let- let's talk about what it is that you guys do here. You guys are the the OG, the experts in hydraulic lifts that the are innovators, in- the innovators. Yes. The hydraulic lifts that are installed on different types of trailers, such as dump trailers. Is that correct, Drew? Yeah, yeah. We kind of all, we get this whole thing started with, I was a landscape contractor. Okay. And I overloaded my trailer. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, that never happens. Never happens, right? Never. Never get overloaded. (laughs) So like black dirt in there or something? What did you do? I had a bunch of concrete blocks, gravel. Oh, that's not heavy. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I could not get the trailer off of my truck. And I had I was going to go out with some girl that night, and I was late, and I couldn't get it off. And I said the famous words, right? There's got to be a better way. So okay. that's how it started. So the trailer's on the hitch of your truck, and you got that thing that flips down by, you know, by the, I don't know, the the The, the hitch. tongue. Yeah. By the, the tongue, hitch. right? <laughs> <laughs> and you got to crank that part up to get it off your trailer ball. I mean, mm-hmm. your, the ball of your truck. And it just wouldn't... You couldn't crank it? I couldn't crank it. It was overloaded so much the jack couldn't lift it up, so I had to go in and get a floor jack 
for like wow. your car. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. And I was using a floor jack and then I'd crank it down and then floor jack and crank it down. And I just saw it in my head, like a, like a vision. Like I just saw this picture in my head of what a, a jack could be. And I, there, was a, there was already a power unit on board. So I said, why don't we just make a jack with the hydraulic cylinder and tie it into the existing unit? Huh. Innovator. Stop that, right? All right. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you, but your hydraulic component that's installed on these trailers isn't so much at the tongue of the trailer, is it? It's more of like, isn't it used to lift the bucket or the box of the trailer up so the stuff slides out or no? Yes. Okay. But we started with Stillwell Jacks. Oh. So our name was mm. Stillwell Jacks when we first started. And we just did jacks. Yeah. And then we started to, then we said, well, there's lower hanging fruit here too. Right. <laughs> and we got into the hose business. So now we do about a million feet of hydraulic hose a year as well. Hmm. And we supply, so our, our main, our main segment is the trailer bumper pole, um, medium duty trailer. Okay. And trailer manufacturers. Okay. And, their, and then their dealer networks. Gotcha. So we started with one and went to two, and then we saw that, wow, you know, there's really a, a lack of innovation, and we want to help our customers take their ideas and actually get it in to production. And that's kind of where, how we've uh, found our success. Yeah. So when did you make that shift from jacks to hydraulic lifts that are installed onto the actual trailer themselves to cause the dumping action to occur? Was that long? How far into the business was that? Well, I was five years old. Let me, t- let me take it back a little bit further, okay? Yeah, yeah. When I was five, I wanted to buy a snowboard. Mm. I grew five? Up in, yeah. Wow. I, I started, <laughs> I grew up in Bloomington. My backyard was Highland Hills, ski area. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. And that was when they only let people snowboard it on Friday nights. Because oh. it was like the risky thing, right? So oh, yeah. When yeah, I like was five, you guys skaters. were outlawed for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scary, right? Have you been there lately? That's all there is. <laughs> but my mom said, well, I'm not going to buy it. You're going to have to go earn it. So mm-hmm. I literally went door to door, knocking on doors to mm-hmm. mow their lawn. I'm not kidding you. Took my dad's lawnmower. I was five. Five. No, nobody would hire me. Yes. Um, I went to one house and it was the Lord. He said, go to that house because everybody said no. They didn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hire me to mow because I was too little, but they let me pick their weeds and they let me ah. walk their dog. And so that ambition, that drive kind of mm. just elevated me to the, give me the confidence to keep going. And so then when I was in high school, I did horrible. They called me ADD, which I have mm. reclaimed that name and I love it. And it's attention to detail disorder. There you go. And I have it. I have a bad case of it, but <laughs> it's he, literally, made me, he literally catches everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's made me a lot of money. So all those ADD cases out there, keep pushing. You actually have a hidden mm. talent. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. So that ambition to go out and get kind of just led me to start a business. And when my teachers told me that, Unless you do it our way, you're going to earn less money. You're not going to have a job. You're not going to, mm-hmm. who's going to hire you? What are you going to do? And I left school so determined. Yeah. And I made more money than my teachers the next year. Holy cow. Just to say, you know, give them the old. Yeah, Just yeah. right after high school? Oh, yeah. Wow. Doing landscaping? Yep. Huh. I would actually go to people's houses and ask to do work for them. And they said, how much? I said, whatever you want to pay me. I just want to work for you. Nice. So how can you say no to that, right? 
some people were very generous and some people took advantage, but that's right. that, that's, that's life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to read people. I learned that there's very few types of people just in different bodies and you learn how to work their personalities. You learn what's important to them. You learn how to read people. And that's also another part of what we do around here. So when you look at Melanie, what'd you read? She loves you. Ooh. Be careful. Don't let that go to your head. Wow. Am I blushing? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) Stop. Don't look. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, tough guy. So this landscaping job or business that you had right out of high school that allowed you to make more money than your teachers in high school. Did you do that throughout high school? You know, you told the story when you were five and you kind of started off pulling weeds and stuff. Did you continue down that path of mowing grass and uh, having a you know lawn mowing type business all through high school? And No, in high school, no. I was actually, uh, I actually was sponsored in snowboarding. Really? Wow. That You're ter- legit. That, that determination yeah. pushed me to get sponsors. And I was on the, went to nationals and did that. And then cars and girls came up and then I got into that really heavy. And I was working at auto shops in high school because I love cars, still do. Working the girls too? Try to. <laughs> Tried to. He got sponsored. He got so good at it. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just, um, you know, I guess the theme is just that grit. And it actually was our whole slogan for last year around our shop was grit. It's, it's the determination of pursuit. It's the pursuit of excellence. And not letting anything get in your way. Yeah. Yeah. Grit was last year. This year has been passion. So, I mean, all of us are bought into what we're we're trying to build and accomplish here. And um, that passion shines through in everything. So whether it's the quality, um, our attitudes in dealing with each other, attitudes in dealing with the customers, we just, you can tell that we care. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like that's that's this year. This year we're, we're caring about everything that we do. So as we bring in these new machines, everybody's taking ownership of them. They're loving what they do. And we're just, I mean, we haven't decided what the word for next year is. I can only imagine. So that word, is that like part of your core values? Is that where you pick that word from then? And well, then you rock it all year? So our co- our company is, I mean, I'm a Christian and I'm unashamedly Christian and I'm unashamedly a conservative and I'm unashamedly a gun lover and a horse lover. And I don't care what anybody thinks, right? Amen. But, but a part of that boldness, once again, comes from, you know, I, I seek the Lord. I say, you know, what, what do you what do you want us to do? How can we serve our each other? How can we serve our customers? And this year it was just on my heart to say, you know, we got to be passionate to get through this. We have to have passion. And the passion comes through with how do you package, how do you build the cylinder to how do you put it on a pallet? And are you loving your customer by how you shrink wrap that pallet? If I don't think you are, you're taking it off and you're redoing it because mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about making my customer happy. Mm. And that has that is what it takes. It's that grit to be bold and push forward and be passionate for excellence and do not ever skip steps. Don't skip the corners. Corners are where the money's at. Yeah, devil's in the details. That's right. You know, as I walk through the plant and you're talking about the grit and passion and your mindset, your beliefs, and that type of thing. I, I don't know. I get the impression that, I don't know, this like, it's almost like a football team. Like you all kind of, uh, it's like your tribe, man. It's like you, you found these group of people, you brought them together with the same purpose and vision and, and motivation and like-mindedness, and now you're pointed in one direction, 
with all the same goal in mind, right? Touchdown. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I have the I have the vision of like you guys getting in a morning huddle every morning mm-hmm. and, and and calling plays and going out there and kicking ass. Do you feel like is that true? Do you feel like it's it's like a team tribe type mentality here a little bit? You know what I try to instill in all of my guys. I don't care what level they're at. Is to think like an owner. Mm-hmm. If you don't think like an owner, get away from me. Because mm-hmm. you're going to make bad decisions. Right. I'm not asking you to jump in the checkbook. I'm asking you to take care of that product and think of it as you are the owner of that product and you are selling it because everybody's in sales. That's mm. we got a lot of we. You know, every business has slogans and catchphrases and the rah rah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the difference is that we actually live it. Yeah. If you don't, there's the door. Yeah. If you can't hack it, get your jacket. <laughs> um, That's a t-shirt. Right. That's totally. a good one. Coin it, Taylor. I know. we. I've got a lot of T-shirts that need to be made. So, <laughs> with that being said, like, own what you do. Yeah. Own what you do. Yeah. And your income will follow. And it's just a natural progression. And everybody is probably listening to this can say amen to that. Like, they didn't get to where they're at by being lazy and by being, you know, uh, the last guy in every day. Mm-hmm. Think like an owner. And yes. act like an owner. No employee mindset. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we're all it's shepherds. Somebody here. else's fault. It's oh, no. No, not no, no, no. mine. It's that, that I just work here. Victim. I need a break. There yeah. is no victims here. Amen. I love it. Yeah, it makes me think of the book uh, Jocko that wrote Extreme Ownership. If you haven't checked that one out, it's uh, right up your alley, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're snowboarding. You're winning gold medals. Got all these sponsors <laughs> paying you big bucks. You all got, sorts of uh, women. <laughs> you got Red Bull on the side of your helmet. You're driving muscle cars, and uh, you got ten girlfriends on each arm. <laughs> and then you graduate high school. Then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was all a dream. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. And you're you're working as a uh, doing landscaping right out of high school. And uh, how long did you do that before you started in with the Stillwell Jack idea? Kind of an overlap. I started landscaping out of high school, thought of the idea, so that was 2000, thought of the idea in maybe 06 okay. on a napkin. When did you graduate? 2000. 2000. Okay. Got it. And got an idea, and then a buddy of mine's dad actually sells Menards all their uh, plumbing stuff. Okay. And, like, I mean, he's just, he's a, he reps probably with 25 different manufacturers, but he brings it all into Menards, Fleet Farm. Yeah, Ace Hardware. So he's a product rep. And he under, he, so I brought him my idea. As we're sitting on his veranda out on Lake Minnetonka, I mean, <laughs> right, right? Right. Nice. I'm like, hey, Daryl, got a couple ideas. So I gave him a shovel idea I had. He goes, ah, no, no, no. And then I said, well, I got one more. And I told him about my jack idea. He goes, here's 100 grand. If you want more, come tell me. Whoa. No strings attached. No, no pay me back. No contract. I'm. T- it does. You, it's. You can't make it up. I'm Who, not. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Who's this guy to you? He's, he's like. A, he's a friend. He was my a friend of in high school's father. Your buddy's dad. Yeah. You know that's a good idea when mm-hmm. somebody says, "Here's a hundred grand. 
Mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder if he has a similar story where somebody helped him out like that. I, I, you know what? Like if there's ever a guy that you'd want to interview, Daryl has more stories about just treating people right and he'll come back to you. Yeah. I'm telling you what, that guy has made more money and had so much success and relation, great relationships throughout his life in business. And like he helped start great stuff. He helped start the nasal. He's one of the co-owners of the nasal thing. And oh, he's yeah. just the a, strip. Yeah. The navel, yeah. nasal strip. So he's just been very influential in starting a lot of new products. So when he said that to me, I was overwhelmed. And then I wasn't getting traction. And he goes, Drew, let me introduce you to one of my friends. I said, great. Who's that? And he says, Bob Carlson owns Minnesota Rubber and Plastics. And so I took my idea into Bob Carlson's office, which is super intimidating. You know, here's (laughs) this kid who does pavers. Yeah, you're like 24 at this time? Yeah, like, you know. And I'm showing um, Bob my idea. He calls in his engineers, and they're looking at it. And he's like, yeah, this is this is great. What can we do to help you guys? And Daryl says, well, we need to reduce this thing, make it actually manufacturable. You know, it's just an idea. Mm-hmm. And so Bob and his team really was instrumental in getting the engineering to make it manufacturable. And then I said, you know what? When I was landscaping, I don't have the funds to really bring this to market, so I licensed it to them. Mm. And Bob Carlson sold his company. That wasn't, you know, new new product development was not the direction of that company mm-hmm. after they bought it. So I bought Stillwell Jacks and the inventory back. I bought my product mm. back, the rights to it back. Sure. And then I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And at the time, you know, the trailer industry is very non it has not evolved like since the wagons went west not much has changed right. i think led lights was the big deal right <laughs> other than that nothing's changed <laughs> and so here i am trying to get this new idea into the trailers and they're all like uh who are you where'd you come from what, what's your you know and that was getting hard times but i found one guy hmm. that's all that, you need is that, that one guy yep and it's kind of been it you know i mean it's like Obviously, I'm going to thank God to bringing these people into my life and me into theirs and introducing me. But if it wasn't for other mentors, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about, you know, it's it's teaching others, it's giving, it's it's making it something an heirloom, right? Giving something, helping the next guy out, whatever that is. And that's I, I'm definitely a product of that. I'm definitely a product of that. And uh, took that one guy, he took a product on and started making jacks, and then said, "Hey, we can make hoses." We do hoses. Now we can do adapters. We can make valves. And it's just snowballed from there. Well, man, it's uh, makes me think of there's things that happen in our lives that I kind of call pivot points. Like you're headed this direction and you meet somebody or somebody this mentions a, a, a sentence and it just resonates with you. Or they connect you with another person and that person, it, it just completely changes the path you're on and you're doing these pivots through life to where you are now. And, uh, it sounds like you've had some really, some key relationships Mm -hmm. that brought you to this point in time. So, and you were in tune enough to accept that. I I feel like some people in that position might be like, Oh man, this is, I'm only 24. I I can't do this. I can't take your money or uh, it's too much responsibility or, I'm too scared. I don't have that self-confidence or, you know, there's 101 excuses, but you capitalize on it. So kudos to you, man. So 
here we are in this plant. I don't know. It's, it's it's of decent size. I don't know how many square feet we're at now, but you guys weren't always here. You, where where did these the manufacturing piece actually start? Was it mm-hmm. with that uh, what's his name Bob with the rubber and plastics manufacturing company? Were you doing manufacturing over there? Or? No, they were. Oh. Uh, they had a plant overseas building it for us. Oh, okay. But we brought it back here. I found another manufacturer to build the cylinder idea and they would be, and then I had, I brought the cylinders in from China and then I had a local Minnesota factory um, kind of weld them together for me and then we would just sell them. So mm. Taylor was my first employee and mm. he and I just would bring it, bring them in, bring the jacks in, ship them out, you know, uh, put different brackets on depending on who the customer was. And, and then, um, and then Aaron came about who's sitting mm. here as well. And, uh, Aaron said, or Aaron was a welder. He worked for Lejeune Steel. He built part of the Twin Stadium. So he knew welding. He knew yeah. metal. And I, I said, we can't get enough of these made, Aaron. Well, we can do them here. What? You can do that? Yeah. I don't know how to weld. Do you know how to weld? I know how to weld. So if it wasn't for Aaron. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything I've learned in Minnesota is that if you don't chop wood, you're going to die. We, we, we're a gritty people, right? We're yep. horrible at football. We're horrible at sports. We can't figure that out. <laughs> and our politics are upside down, but we know how to survive the winter. Yeah. And that's really what's caused us to get through this and kind of not be afraid to get to the next step because we've made it through a winter. We can make it through this. And, mm. and Aaron uh, started our manufacturing. Awesome. With a Minnesota mindset. I love right. it. Yeah. Taylor, so how long have you known Drew? And uh, were you hesitant to come on board with Drew back in those days, being employee number one? I I was not hesitant at all. I won't say that. It was actually a case of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm. So ah. Drew knew a woman who worked with my wife who then got a hold of me and said that he was looking <clears throat> for, for help. And that's, he tells a completely different story than I remember of how I was when I first walked in. <laughs> oh. but, Skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, well, he's from Total Wisconsin. Millennial. Yeah. I know. I was. I was born in. I was born in Minnesota. Oh, oh, sadly, oh. raised in Wisconsin. Oh, that's, oh, that's the okay. problem. Um, Skinny jeans, huh? Apparently. Oh, yeah. um, Skinny jeans and a tight T-shirt and a shaved chest, huh? And zero experience. Zero experience at all. But yeah, I want to say you had been six months six months removed from your garage. If I remember, mm-hmm. we, you had just moved into that building that year. Uh, we just got the all of our hose manufacturing equipment finally hooked up, which was one saw with one crimper kind of tucked in a corner. And I remember, I want to say I worked two days and then it was the 4th of July, so I had a day off and then Drew was gone the rest of the week. So I, <laughs> I, I had two days where I actually had somebody watching me and otherwise it was like, I'm going on this business trip. You just sit here and cut and crimp hoses all day. Yeah. And then I found out I did all of them wrong the next oh, week. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, and my brother was part-time. Yep. And he was the one who was like, you did all of these wrong. Yeah. So but, my brother is a, uh, ex- he's a very intelligent engineer. Okay. Mm. Very intelligent engineer. And he was working at Emerson at that time. Mm. And he decided to uh, jump ship from the corporate world and, Come help us. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a great story, man. So, like, what year was that? Uh, that was July of 2018. 
So I've known, yeah, so I've been, I've known Drew and been part of the company for a little over three years now. And we were doing about, how much were we doing that first year? Uh, We finished, uh, I think we did 1.83 million. Three years ago, you hired your first guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. That's some crazy growth. I don't know. You got about 20 of them now? 20 Mm employees-ish? Yeah. Sales have increased greatly. I don't know if you want to say numbers or not. but uh, Well, that's 20 employees at this location. There's also another location, right? In the great state of Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Which part of Texas? Fort Worth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we have a uh, distribution center in Fort Worth. I lived in Austin for a few years, and I was stationed down in San Antonio for Sam Houston when I was in the Army. Um, I like Texas. I think they're good people down there. Very what good ma- people. What made you choose Texas? It's where the majority of the manufacturing, trailer manufacturers are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. So where's the business headed? Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Are you going to be expanding in any other states soon? I know you got a bunch of equipment that just arrived that's not even hooked up yet because business is so good. Can you tell what the future looks like? Yeah. I mean, we're expanding into other segments with fluid power and in the fluid power industry. Um, My goal is to be the largest manufacturer in the country. That's my goal. Um, But then there's also other things. Horse breeding. I actually, I want want to breed higher level horses um, for my, my passion. It's what my kids like to do. It's what I like to do. And I also want to exercise my employees dreams. Like, what do you guys want to make? I tell them if we can make money selling number two pencils, we'll sell number two pencils. <laughs> um, I want to have fun. And if we're not having fun, we're not going to do it. Um, it's, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to do it their way. That's another big part is we're not going to go the way of the world is and how the, you know, how society is. We're just screw that. We're not going to do it. We're going to have fun. We're going to blow stuff up. We're going to shoot guns and, and ride horses. Why not? It's America. <laughs> it's literally the Wild West. I was just going to say the same thing. It sounds like the Wild West. Hey. It, you would have fit in well. We're free people here. And everyone's, at, at, you're, we're all free men here. Everybody shares their opinion, their thoughts. Can and, I be free too? Yes. Okay. You are free. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of, we have a, a couple new projects. Uh, one of our largest customers came to us with a, another $10 million proposal that they want us to make for them. Um, we have got people coming to us all the time trying to give us, um, will you guys make this for us? Can, can, can we do it like this? Can you help us with our innovation? That's really our strong suits, innovation and, and kind of rethinking the wheel essentially. So $10 million, that, $10 million project. Is that what you said? Yeah. There's a lot of them. Wow. And is it kind of related to what you're doing now or are they just like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They know we can get it done. Yeah. They know we can get it done. We find a way. I don't know how, but, th- but I'm telling you that Minnesota made, you know, I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. Like there's so much about Minnesota that I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed of Elon Omar. I'm embarrassed of our leadership. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Mm. And I told you when I started this, I'm going to be straight with you. And if I offend people, I- I'm sorry. Too yeah. bad. You know, yeah, they can well, the one of the great the things down. about America is we have freedom of speech and you can That's say right. whatever the hell you want to say on here. Mm-hmm. And, but part of, what I'm very, very proud of about being a Minnesotan is that we learned from a very young age from our grandparents that if you don't work, you're going to die. <laughs> Literally. You will freeze to death. That's why there's no riffraff here. They'll mm-hmm. die. They freeze under the bridge. You just can't make it. And yeah. that builds a work ethic and a, hum- a humble work ethic that is 
the foundation of success. If you don't have a humble work ethic, you will never make it, in my opinion. <laughs> you will never make it because you'll, 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 you'll break apart. Yeah. What is your favorite part about your process? Like everything in the last four years that's developed, what has been your favorite, I don't know, piece of the puzzle? Honestly, I pinch myself every day because I cannot believe that this dum-dum is where I am. I honestly cannot believe that the kid who can hardly read and technically didn't graduate high school, um, am I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I have a great team around me. But the part I love the most is I love winning. <laughs> I love it. Yep. It's so fun. Yeah, it was funny. I was watching the uh, the Raiders game the other day, and they said their, their quarterback, Derek Carr, changed his mindset. He's like, I don't care how we win. I just want to win. If I throw 400 yards or if I throw four, if we won, that's all I care about. And that's kind of the same attitude we have here. It's like, it doesn't matter how it looks as long as we win. Just get the ball down the field. Yeah, get the ball down the field. Score touchdowns. Beat the other team. If it's defense, we win. If it's offense, we win. Doesn't matter as long as we win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the competitive aspect to it. You know, coming from the snowboarding and your determination in doing well with that and – uh I, I mean, I'm competitive too. I was super competitive in football until I, I ruined my knee my senior year. And uh, like you, I would never call myself the smartest person in the room. You know, I was an average student at best going through high school. And, uh, but I think hard work goes a long way, man, in, re- in, in refusing to give up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that grit piece that you mentioned earlier it's uh, really important. I don't know. Was it Vince Lombardi that said something like quitters never win and winners never quit? Something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Hard work and stubbornness, this keeping at it and no matter what, I think goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that resilience, like having that resilience to keep going once you, you know, when you hit a, stumble or roadblock or whatever to get around it. I think that there's a piece of resilience to Minnesotans that I don't see all over the country. Like, okay, that didn't work. Let's go this way and keep going. Because you will die if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) We have this boogeyman every year coming for us. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, you think differently. You stack stuff up differently. um, It creates a, it's kind of like an animal in the nature. You always have that thing coming to eat you. And it creates that drive. And I'm telling you what, it's a, it's a key part of, of success. The other thing, what you said is you, you just said that you never claim to be the smartest person in the room. I always try to be the dumbest one in the room. So that you can learn from the others. Yeah. And I've learned long ago that I'm never going to be, and I don't want to be the best at anything. I want to have the best people around me and I can't have that in one person. So when I hire these guys, I treat, encourage them. And if I hire an attorney, if I hire an accountant, if I hire these people, I want them to be the best. Go right. get the best and keep elevating the people around you and replicate yourself. I'm trying to teach these guys how to run a place so that I can go keep doing it. And right. you keep elevating the people around you, you make them better, make them better, make them better. You make more money that way. If you're listening to a podcast about encouragement about making more money, elevate the people around you. Elevate the people around you, encourage them, and you yeah. will turn around and be so much further down the road than you ever could be trying to be the chief. 
Yes, I agree for sure. You know, one thing I I, I, I want to touch on before we wrap this thing up is you said something earlier during the uh, the tour that I found interesting was the effect that COVID had on your business. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a negative effect. It might have been, you know, thought of initially as, oh, no, now what? Now what am I going to do? You know, it was a, a problem that needed to be solved. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. When COVID happened, it happened first in China, Chinese virus, and that came right after Chinese New Year. So when we we're importing products, it shut down 30 months every every year. And and then they shut down was another eight weeks after that, if I remember correctly. At, at least eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. So not only were we had a, a month of downtime for the new year, we had another two months of downtime for that. Mm. And I said, guys, if we're going to survive and we're, if we're going to grow, if we're going to provide for our families, we're going to take it back. And this was during the Trump administration. So it was very pro-America, very, uh, you know, uh, hey, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And uh we brought our manufacturing back here. Now we're bringing it back in phases. So right now we've got probably about 30% of it or so, 40% here, Taylor. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, the pendulum is shifting quite a bit. It started off maybe 30% at the beginning of the year. We're closer probably to 50 now. And I expect by beginning of 2022, it'll be about 75% of what we do is here in the States. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, Love that. Yeah. So um, our, our Fort Worth shop, they do all the importing and, and all that scheduling, but when we're when we were deciding to bring it back here, it was just this. Well, we can do it once again. That Minnesota mindset, that Minnesota made, that Minnesota grit that we just were bred with. We get through this. We didn't listen to anybody. We kept working. Um, obviously, it was hey, if you're sick, we learned this in kindergarten. Stay home. You know, I mean, like we, we weren't de- <laughs> we weren't denying anything. We just said, you know what, we're big boys treat your brother with respect. If you're sick, stay home, you know, be cautious, all these common sense, you know, heaven forbid that ever be used. Right. And, uh, and we never shut down. We were essential because unless, you know, we're essential Yeah. because we are, my wife says, (laughs) (laughs) we came to work, we got it done. We figured it out. And we just, we just never, we never let ourselves become a victim. Never. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I had heard it's, um, so make make decisions quickly, but then move slow. So as soon as the Chinese New Year hit, everything we knew, we saw it already being backed up. That we made the immediate decision: we're going to manufacture here. Mm. It took us a little less than a year before we were even up and making our first products here in the U.S. Is that when you had one machine here? Uh, the machine arrived. I want to say it was six months after we made that decision. And how many machines are you working with currently? Well, we have a. Automated powder coat line, automated paint line, uh, CNC, all of our lathes, robot welders. I mean, I don't know how many, 20 pieces of equipment out yeah, there? Yeah, we're, we're up to about 20 now. So after the decision was made, we brought in the first one at about six months. Right around 10, 11 months, we had the first five hooked up, which allowed us to then manufacture a cylinder front to back completely ourselves. So wow. that, that was... Yeah, so about 10 or 11 months after we made the decision to switch to American manufacturing, and that was that was February of this year, we, we started manufacturing our own products for the wow. first time. Part of that too, though, was like to make a good cylinder, to be the best, we brought in 
the best steel manufacturer, right? Yep. We brought, we found who's the biggest steel mill, who knows. So we bought in the steel mill that does General Motors and uh, all the other steel for yep. them. And we, we just partnered with all these other, like I said, smart people to help us come up with the best product. Right. Yep. And that's kind of what we had enough smart people around us, enough great partners to give us the confidence to back us financially in the sense of like, yeah, we'll extend you credit. You know, um, I'm a big, I'm, I'm very cheap. A lot of everything. I think most everything we have back there is paid for. Mm. And so as we proceed forward, it was scary at first, but now it's like, they're trying to slow me down. Like my brother said yesterday, can we just finish one thing? And I said, no, that's your job. My job is to keep going. My job is to piss you off. My job is to, <laughs> my job is to be the catfish in your tank. And that's what I'm, that's what I do. <laughs> I bet you're really good at that. I'm very, as my wife is. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You, you mentioned you're cheap and you, uh, you mentioned earlier that you're so cheap that you built your own house. Not only did you build your own house, your own house, but you made your own lumber to build your own house. Is that correct? It started with a bed. I wanted to build my daughter a day bed. And I was in the garage and I was saying, well, I, I wanted to make it a curve because I can't do anything normal. So I, <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, Lord, how do I make a curve out of wood? So he showed me. And sure enough, you know, I curved the wood. He showed me how to do it. And I figured, figured it out. And then I said, well, I'm in construction. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been around houses, so I'll just been to build my house. So I went out and we found a piece of land in Prior Lake, 25 acres. And I said, I'd love to live here and talk to the owner. And I'm not going to be afraid to say it. We bought the acres for $85,000. What? Yeah. Wow. 25, 25 acres? acres? Prior Lake. Yep. Wow. And this That's was, a godsend. I'm telling you. I've what. never heard of anything like that, especially in Prior Lake. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And what he didn't have any offers because it was a little sign on the side of the road for sale by owner. The minute I showed up, he had four other offers and he took ours. Wow. Because I, I could go on. The stories are endless about this pursuit of what we're doing here, right? So then I said, okay, we're going to build a house. Well, I want walnut floors. Can't afford walnut floors. Well, there's walnut trees. <laughs> <laughs> On your 25 acres? We can afford the trees. So, no, I couldn't even afford them. I got those for free. (laughs) uh, Because the guy was clearing some land up in Mound. And uh, I I heard about it. I said, hey, you're cutting all these walnuts. What are you going to do with them? Nothing. I said, can I have them? And I ended up milling all my own lumber. And I paid the guy to cut it and dry it with lumber. So don't be afraid to get gritty. I mean, you're never going to get what you want if you're going to be comfortable. You've never had what if you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. Mm, yes. I love that phrase. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Taylor, what's your favorite part about working here, man? Uh, employee number one, you've seen it from the, the 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 early days to where you are now, and you've got to experience that growth, and you see the future down the road. What's been a uh, what's been your favorite part of the ride so far? I guess I'm I'm a glutton for punishment. I love to learn new stuff all the time and be stretched basically beyond my limits to find out what, what my new limits are. I like to be challenged. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a hyper competitive person. And I think the, the joke is though, I came, I was a flute salesman before this. Mm-hmm. What? 
I my my back my background is 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 music. I, I work pants and flutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll let is, you connect the dots. <laughs> this is where the story just keeps getting worse. <laughs> um, Not tubas. But it was this, it was something I had never done before. Uh, I have a very analytical mind. I'm very much Drew's opposite in the way that I think. Good, I guess, a good sounding board for each other. He. Yep. He, he likes to be the catfish in my tank too. So he's the gas. I'm the brakes. His gas pedal is more powerful than my brake pedal though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I decided very early on after I got out of college that small businesses were the, the best fit for me. It was something where I could be the jack of all trades that I'd always been my whole life. And there was stuff up for grabs everywhere, whether it was getting into operations, the accounting side of things. I mean, there was, there was room for growth all over the board. There were new things to learn. And I just, I enjoy being stretched like that. That's probably the biggest thing for me is I just, I enjoy learning something new, growing. I I can't be stagnant. I hate sitting still. Most of the reasons why I ever left jobs was when I hit that glass ceiling. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're a good fit here then for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're crashing glass now. Yeah. Right. So before I wrap things up here, is there anything else that you uh, wanted to bring up on the podcast that uh, we didn't yet mention? Well, first, just say thanks. You know, yeah. I mean, you guys stopped Appreciate in it. and asked if you could see what's going on. And yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. I just want to, yeah, man, if anything, it's just encouragement, you know, like I couldn't be where I'm at today without other guys and like every, and my wife. I mean, my, this, the, the pillar behind me slaps me if I, if I have a day of doubt, right? to encourage me. Plus when you have 20 mouths at home to feed with kids and horses. But <laughs> How many of those mouths are kids again? What's that? How many of those mouths are kids eight, again? Eight of them. Well, eight children. The eighth one will be here <clears throat> next month, but just want to encourage the guys and the gals out there listening to, to stop listening to what you can't do. Follow your gut and uh, admit when you're wrong, but keep pushing forward. And surround yourself with people that are successful. Stop hanging out with losers. Stop listening to losers. And get off your phone and just get out and talk to people. Make Mm. friends. Do business with your friends. Uh, Make your customers your friends. Take care of them. And you will have more money than you know what to do with when you're stop pursuing money as your goal and start seeking excellence for your customers. You'll have more money than you knew what to do with. I'm that telling you what, money is no longer the goal. It's the it's the pursuit of the excellence. Yeah, money money's just a byproduct. It's the exhaust. Yep. yep. It's how we keep scores, <laughs> guys. Too. I mean, no, no, I'm not gonna lie. You know, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna double, and we've doubled every year for the past. This will be our fourth year. Yep. Of double doubling our our growth, and we're gonna do it again next year. Yep. Not sure how yet, but we're gonna do it. Oh, I know. And if we don't, <laughs> guess what? There's your jacket. <laughs> right. your jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out of my way. Get out of my way. And uh, just to encourage you, everybody here, you know, you're from Minnesota for what it's worth. You know, I know our sports, we can't figure that out, but we can figure out how to chop wood and get through the winter. You can figure out how to take your business to the next level and don't quit. Don't quit because winter's coming. Keep that in mind. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Me too. Okay, so let's wrap this up. We're at 45 minutes, man. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of things about this company and about what you guys have said that I like. I guess one word that stands out to me anyway is the authenticity behind Drew. There are 
I feel a lot of people out there that have the same mindset you do, Drew, uh, Drew, they feel the same way, whether it's politics or their religion or their beliefs and morals, but they shove it down inside, uh, fearing they might uh, offend somebody. You know what I mean? And I appreciate it. And it's a breath of fresh air to be like, to hear you say things that you said since we've met in this short period of time. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. Take it or leave it. I'm not here to satisfy you in any way. Right. And um, I appreciate that. And I think that is a big contributor to the success you've had at this point. Uh, other like-minded people, I feel, also appreciate that. So thank you for that authenticity, Drew. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's same goes for you. All right, guys. So still well. You got to check them out. Like I said, they got the rocket built in this some bitch is about to hit Mars, all right? <laughs> uh, Stillwelljacks.com is the website, um, and they are located in Burnsville. Melanie, Drew, Taylor, thanks again for your time. You did an awesome job, and I- I'm looking forward to the future success of your company. Hey, thanks so much for coming yeah, down here. We appreciate really, it. really appreciate it. It's awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.